moon is high. The shadows dance, evil will rise. The world between the living and the dead is thin. So now is the time to let the horror you know again. Welcome back to the Horror You Know podcast. I'm Darren. I'm Ian. I'm Trent. I'm Ian. And we're balls deep in recording this week. <laughs> Not this good. This week we're going to talk about Eileen Warnos. So what do you guys know about her at all? Like you just she watched was... the documentary Wells, right? Uh-huh. So you know some about her, obviously. I know a little bit about her. A little bit about her. You... I know she's a monster. She is a monster. Come on. Actually, actually, the title's from something else. But she is probably a monster. She may have gotten a little carried away with some things, but we can all understand why she got there. Or can we? I can. (laughs) Can you? Yes, I completely sympathize with her. Well, not completely. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I sympathize with her a little bit. We have a growing psychopath over here to my right. Yes. He's uh, been working on it for that's years. That's why he's on this show, to get a better perspective that's right. from the other side of things. <laughs> this man falls asleep listening to serial killer podcasts. <laughs> true. Just look at his eyes. This is true. I fell asleep watching the documentary. Not that it wasn't good. I was just sleeping. <laughs> I get up at the butt crack of dawn for work. Man. It don't matter what shift you work. You were always falling asleep in that chair. <laughs> I'll kill you. God. <laughs> see? See what that show's done to him? <laughs> Anywho, I'm sorry. All right. So let's Sweet just go life. back into her early life because this is a long episode. We got to get going. She was born Eileen Carol Pittman originally. Her actual name was not Warnos. She was born in Rochester, Michigan, which is... Uh, Southern tip, I guess, of Michigan. Just the southern tip. Just the tip. On February 29th, 1956, her mother was Diane, and her father was Dale Pittman. Leo Dale Pittman, my bad. Oh, excuse uh, me. Interesting fact, 16 and 14. They got married at 16 and 14 in 1954. Who's signing these marriage When you know, you know. This is Michigan. 1954, I mean, they're the they're the... Kind of the uh, poster child for craziness anyway. I mean, they have all these... Don't you raise your hand at him? <laughs> he took that you know a, what I'm talking he about. He took that as a threat. Uh-huh. I'm going to smack you. So anyway... Uh, you know what after, you did. After less than uh, two years of marriage, um, she she had a brother named Keith that was born in 1955. So we're talking a 17-year-old and a 15-year-old now had, had a baby. And then after two years of marriage... Right before Eileen was born, Diane filed for divorce. So she never knew her father. Oh. Um, So she never met him. He actually was in jail at the time of her birth. You want to guess what for? Uh, What did we just talk about? He's... Cocaine. Pedophilia. 16 and 14. Nope. Didn't talk about that. So, yeah, he was diagnosed (laughs) with schizophrenia, and he was convicted of sex crimes against children. Oh. I wasn't too far off the mark. You were exactly right. (laughs) But uh, it was the way that you recanted immediately, like, oh, yeah, no, that's good. I was just joking. I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> you were right. <laughs> so, yeah. So he was convicted of these sex crimes, and while he was in prison, he committed suicide by by hanging in 1969. So we're 
14. Now, was this the summer of 69 or? It was January. Oh, okay. Winter. So, mm -hmm. January 1960, when Warnos was almost four years old, Diane abandoned her children, leaving them with her maternal grandparents, Laura and Britta Warnos. That's where she got her last name. Uh, they were both alcoholics, so it's going from bad to worse. Oh, it's getting, it's getting better and better. And they legally adopted Keith and Eileen in 1960. By the age of 11, she began engaging in sexual activities in school in exchange for cigarettes, drugs, and food. Oh, who didn't? And partially, I mean, she talks later on about being molested by a friend of a friend of her grandfather, possibly oh. by her grandfather. So there was a lot of... Uh, allegations out there none proven but um friends of hers apparently knew that she would do these uh things at school for money drugs and food rock and roll oh sorry and rock and roll rock and roll we so all do I, I mean it, it was probably for the attention too i mean obviously she had no mother no father pa grandparents were alcoholics nobody paid attention to her home probably Rough and life. She she definitely had a rough life. And in the movie, it portrayed that mm -hmm. very briefly. It showed, you know, her trying to get attention by showing her boobs to those guys for money. I feel like, like the that. movie did a very good job of portraying that. Yeah. <laughs> that's Ian took particular you. notice of that scene. <laughs> Find humor in her horrible life. Wow. Well, <laughs> so... This went on for a while, and she said her grandfather actually sexually assaulted and beat her when she was a child. So there, you know, before beating her, he would force her to strip out of her clothes. So he would make her get completely naked for the whippings, which I find strange. I was I was smacked around as a kid a little bit by my dad. He didn't make you strip down. Never strip down. I was never bare ass. All right, Darren, you want to act like that? Get naked. Take <laughs> off your fucking clothes. Yeah. I'm kind of glad give you the wood away for from that kind of beating. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You been bare ass strapped at all? Besides girlfriends? Uh, yeah, but this was about two <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> this was a few weeks ago. I got, I got all kinds of stuff as a kid. Belts, incense holders, switches. Incense holders? <laughs> These yeah. are actually kind of sturdy. Big, These are like hippie, hippie parents. They just pick up what's ever next. Yeah, the are still got in it. Shoe, just... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The wood spoon. Hey, we got it all. The wood spoon. They That's wash it or they cook it? Cook, cook it. Get the spaghetti sauce on it. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Stern. <laughs> well, nothing was as beautiful as that day when the ass whooping stopped hurting them. And you just took it and you were like, whatever. I got it one time from my mom and she just like said, you wait till your dad got home. And that was more terrifying than ever. Yeah. Because I knew he was going to whip my chainsaw. ass. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get this ass whooping. He was like five foot later. six and had hands that looked like stone. Real short and stocky. Oh my God, whip your ass. Anyway, okay. Nineteen seventy at the age oh of fourteen, God, right? <laughs> little Eileen, fourteen. So she started doing turning tricks at eleven for cigarettes and food and attention. We've all been there. Uh, she became pregnant. We've all been there too. And it says having been raped by an accomplice of her grandfather. Oh my God. So she. Th this is her story. Now she could have had. Sex maybe with a teenager, we don't know, but uh, supposedly it was an accomplice of her grandfather raped her and impregnated her. So that's where we're going from here. Um, they sent her to a home for unwed mothers, okay? And she was there for a little while and had the baby. And then after that, 
She gave the baby up as a little boy, gave the baby up for an adoption. And let me find where I was at. Edit this out, Trent. Actually, that's me, right? Oh. <laughs> she gave birth to a boy at home for unwed mothers in 1971. The child was placed up for adoption immediately. A few months after her son was born, she dropped out of school. So she's a dropout at 14. Mm. At about the same time, her grandmother died of liver failure. When Warnos was 15, her grand grandfather threw her out of the house. So at a 15-year-old, so she goes from... Being born, not ever knowing her dad, he is a pedophile that gets mm. accused of sex crimes and convicted. Later on, commits suicide. She, Her mom leaves all the kids, both kids. They go to her grandparents' house, both alcoholics. She starts turning tricks, basic tricks at least, uh, by 11. By 14, gets pregnant, has to give the, the baby for adoption. Grandmother dies, and now the grandfather kicks her out of the house. So that's a very rough 15-year-old yeah, existence. A... <laughs> so it threw her out. She began supporting herself through sex work and living in the woods near her old home. 1974, at age 18, she was arrested in Jefferson County, Colorado for DUI, disorderly conduct, and firing a 22 pistol from a moving vehicle. She was later charged with failure to appear. So this is like early criminal activity for her. So, okay. you know, okay. showing her life and then her immediately going into, like, these wild days is pretty, uh, I mean, you watch, Wells, you watch a lot of serial killer things. There's a lot of trauma, mm -hmm. obviously, from yeah. youth, and then it carries on. Yeah. So and in 76. something small to trigger them eventually. For sure. For sure. And we'll talk more about these later, but sometimes there's actual head trauma yeah. that involve, is involved with these serial killers. But anyway, she hitchhiked to Florida in 1976 where she met 69-year-old Yacht Club president. There's a lot of 69s coming up in there. I don't know how. Later it on. The summer, it really was the summer of 69s. 69s and big meat. <laughs> oh, my God. So she met Louis Gratzfell. They married quickly. So she married a 69-year-old man at 20 years old. I don't know why, but when you said they married quickly, I thought you meant like, they were in a rush. <laughs> like, like the ceremony was quick. Like they were rushing through it. And well, you he take this have much time. He's six. <laughs> I do. Damn it! 50, now get on with it. So now, your age difference. Now listen to this though. He was a yacht club president down in Florida. Sixty-nine years old. She was twenty. And this was printed in the local paper's society page, which you know that's high flute and stuff there. Ah yes. Now I'll show you a picture yes, later on after yes. we talk about this, but. We see the Eileen Warnos from the movie Monster, and then we've seen her in her trials. She's a kind of a homely woman. Homely. I would say. That's a nice way of working. I will put it that politely. She's home. She's a swamp donkey. No, she's homely. Well, when they go out of your way, out of their way to make a beautiful actress look pretty ugly. Yes, I mean, that's they did a damn good job at that. But but here's <laughs> <Shit>. the thing: <laughs> when she was younger, she was not as homely she was i wouldn't say pretty i've heard her described as pretty but she was better looking oh i mean that's just kind of such a like i've had such a rough life you can't just let charlize there and look like charlize and play me like come on, <laughs> yeah, no. throw me a bone here it's like well no, we got uglier up we'll yeah. <laughs> yeah so That'll make it believable so she actually like probably was decent looking when she was young of course i'll show you some pictures but and she caught this guy, and they were in the societal pages. 
So she started off like rough, but then she had a slim chance right there of actually something happening, right? But she continually involved herself in confrontations at their local bar and went to jail briefly for assault. She also hit Phil with his own cane, leading him to gain a restraining order against her within weeks of their marriage. She was marriage. Yeah, she was violent from an early age. She was very uh, opinionated. She wasn't very smart, mm. apparently. Dropped out of school and... You know, she, she already had this chip on her shoulder, you could tell. But there's reasons, good reasons why she was like There this is, but I mean, she childhood. had, that, that's what pisses me off about this story already. She had her turning point. She had that fork in the road. Mm-hmm. She could have went that way. She could have married this 69-year-old guy. He could have died in another, like, 5 to 10, 20 years. Hours. And she would have. Still yeah, in her prime. <laughs> still in her prime. She would have had a shit ton of money and could have just lived a decent life. But she chose story. not to. Yeah. Well. And she's hitting this man with his own cane. I mean, that's pretty bad. <laughs> God. That's how I want to go. So she returned to Michigan where in July 14th, 1976, <clears throat> she was arrested at Bernie's Club in Mancelona in Atrium County, charged with assault and disturbing the peace for throwing a cue ball at a bartender's head. Oh, my God. So the, I see a pattern developing. The pattern is d- developing of quick to anger, quick to pick something up and throw or whatever, cane hitting, mm-hmm. abuse, probably alcohol, a little bit of drugs. All right. So on July 17th, her brother Keith died of cancer. And she received $10,000 from his life insurance. Once again, a fork in that proverbial road. Yeah, no spoons, Trent. All it's forks. It's too late at this point, though. She's got all this built-up trauma She does. You, think you're, think it's too I can late. already tell where this is going at the end. He's too late for love. <laughs> he's making an excuse for her. For all these she was I can already tell. <laughs> I can already tell. You love her, don't you? It's going to be like, <laughs> she deserves to be loved. I love her, though. I so felt bad for $10,000 for his life insurance. Warnos and Phil nulled their marriage in July 21st after only nine weeks. In August of 76, she was given a $105 fine for drunk driving. She used money uh, that she inherited from her brother to pay the fine and spent the rest within two months of buying luxury cars, which she wrecked shortly afterwards. Damn. Hmm. Okay. Two cars. Wrecked them both? Wrecked them both. So... On May 20th, 1981, Warnos was arrested in Edgewater, Florida for armed robbery. So now she's out of money, out of cars, out of old men. Mm-hmm. Out of options. Out of options. God. So she robbed a convenience store where she That's sold convenient. 35 bucks and two packs of smokes. Now. I like to think she probably pretty... stole some snacks too, just five. <laughs> That's where the cigarettes were. Those are the snacks. (laughs) Snap into a Slim Jim. I I think it's crazy, though. She goes from married to a rich dude and was in societal papers. And then just a short time later, gets $10,000. And an even shorter time later, gets arrested twice. Once for throwing a cue ball at somebody's head. And then once for, like, robbing somebody at gunpoint for 35 bucks and two packs of smokes. Precursors, man. So she was sentenced to prison May 4th, 1982, and released on June 30th, 1983. So she spent about a year and something in prison. On May 1st, 1984, she was arrested again for attempting to pass forged checks at a bank in Key West. So she's kind of going up and down the coast, 
of Florida now. She's, now all the way down into Key West. Going down. <laughs> oh. Wow. She will be. She, she will be. Wow. <laughs> this man right here. <laughs> After we were just talking about Jonathan Curtis Holmes. Leave Eileen alone. Who was that? Was that the Leave Britney Alone person? Well, it was my terrible impression of that person. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Darren. Go ahead. So that's 84. 86, she was... Re- wait. 85, she was named as a suspect in a theft of a revolver and ammunition. Was never arrested for that one. On January 4th, 1986, she was arrested in Miami, charged with car theft, resisting arrest, and obstruction of justice for, for providing identification bearing her aunt's name. Miami police officers found a 38 caliber revolver and a box of ammunitions in a stolen car. On June 7, 2nd, 1986, the deputy sheriffs detained Warnos for questioning after a male companion accused her of pulling a gun in his car and demanding $200. So, we're ramping up. Mm-hmm. This is a ramp up. It and, sounds and like ex, it. Ex, escalation of violence. Oh, we're getting Definitely. every time. So, throwing cue balls, hitting people with canes. The cane was the first major one, right? Yeah. Got the caning. Got the uh, cue ball. Hitting people with canes or hitting people with Michael Caine? <laughs> Either or. You know, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I bet Michael Caine's as long as John Holmes' dick. He's got to be. Right? <laughs> At least. Just, maybe an inch. Maybe a little, maybe a little longer. <laughs> so anyway, uh, she was found carrying the spare ammunition and police discovered a twenty-two pistol under the passenger seat she had occupied. Around this time, she met Tyre Moore. Tyria. My bad. Tyria Moore. Uh, now, her character in the movie was called Sadie? Sally? Something? Sappy? Something like that. Sandy? Somebody get the phone and look it up. Swanson? Swanson? What the same name, which I find Samsonite. weird. I find weird because this woman never tried to hide her identity, so why'd they change it for the movie? Hard, hard, harder to say name. Maybe they didn't want to it's call T-Y-R-I-A. their character Diarrhea or whatever the hell her name was. Diarrhea. Yeah, Tyria Moore. Tyria. She was a hotel Terry. maid. <laughs> Selby. Selby. Yes, yeah, totally she different. Was calling God, that's not I even was way off. <laughs> I was way off. Selby? Oh. Samsonite. So Tyria, Tyria Moore. She was a hotel maid at a Daytona Beach lesbian bar. Mm. They moved in together and Warnos supported them with their earnings as a sex worker. On July 4th, 1987, Daytona Beach detained Warnos and Moore at a bar for questioning regarding an incident in which they were accused of assault and battery with a beer bottle. So she's pulling this girl into some of her violent stuff as well. And on March 12th, 1988, Warnos accused a Daytona Beach bus driver of assault. She claimed that he pushed her off the bus following a confrontation. Now, I don't think anybody's going to believe that. I mean, would you believe that? What was that? I heard scurrying in the back. <laughs> Moore was listed as a witness to the incident up in, until her execution. Warnos claimed to be still in love with this woman. So uh, that's her crimes. So that okay. kind of goes over her crimes up to the murders. So now we're going to talk about the murders. Okay. All right. The murders. So that was a lot of it. And it, what's interesting <laughs> is that gives a lot of backstory of how violent this woman kind of was. She yeah. was not a woman to be messed with. Now, I looked her up. She was like 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, five, I thought she'd be taller because Charlize Theron is tall. Yeah. Right? This woman was not real, real tall. But she was apparently crazy enough to whip your ass. 
So she murdered seven different men within a period of 12 months, starting in 1989. Okay, so this is right after the bus bus stuff that we just talked about. Richard the, Charles Mallory. So you said the bus stuff or the butt stuff? Not the butt stuff. The okay. bus stuff. Gotcha. She accused a guy of assaulting her. Oh, yeah. he, he pushed her off the bus. Yes. So which, here's here's where I'm going with this. What was your, what'd you say? I was going to ask, which victim were you talking about? We're going from first to last. Oh, okay. But the bus, the bus guy was a bus driver. That's right before the first victim, like less than a year. So where I'm going with this is she has all these crimes in her past that are all violent. Mm-hmm. They're not petty crimes or violent crimes, most of them. But they involve some kind of violence, assault, going crazy, throwing stuff, whatever. So she ramps up her kind of anger very quickly. And you're over here <laughs> trying to convince me from the beginning she's just a good damaged. old gal that's damaged. I, mean, I did that. Poor pitiful her. I said she poor was pitiful Eileen. Damaged. Come on, Eileen. Woo. Yeah, she, she is <laughs> You damaged. said you felt bad for her. I said I sympathize. How's that not the he, same he thing? He murder eyes just now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was I, watch the same thing. I better watch it around him. understand why she is the way she is. It doesn't mean I agree with what she did, but I can understand why. And he could see himself doing something similar <laughs> tonight. Damn right. So stop questioning me. Is that a cue ball in your pocket? Might <laughs> be. I'm, I'm just right happy now. to see you. I'm scared. He's talking scared. about those two cue balls. He calls eyeballs over there. Look at those things. Look at that. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. Like, she had all this stuff well before. Like, her background, obviously, is told from her perspective. No, we'll bring that up later. But, like, we only know any of this from her. Hmm. Oh, I just want to keep that in mind. Like before yeah. we make our final judgment, I just want you to keep that in mind, because from the get go, she does all these things and then like makes some kind of excuse afterwards. It's not my fault. They got me mad. Blah blah blah. They did Women. this. So am I right? <laughs> and like in the movie, it portrays her as not being like lesbian, mm-hmm. but in reality, she's had relationships before she met Tyria or whatever. Selby. And, it, and, it, and it talks about that. So anyway, so now she's off to well, Richard she, Charles. She Mallory. does mention that in the movie. No, she gets all mad when she first meets her. Well, I mean, like, like when they're in the alley, like making out, and she finally admits it. I think she's like, "Well, I've had some like encounters before, but I didn't yeah. know that I actually liked women until you." Yeah, but that was, the encounters were like prostitution, right? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Richard Charles Mallory, age 51, first victim, November 30th, 1989, electronic store owner in Clearwater, Florida. Mallory had previously been convicted for attempted rape, and she claimed to have killed him in self-defense. Warnos claimed she was sodomized and brutally beaten after being driven to an abandoned area for sexual requests. Two days later, a Volusa County Sheriff, Deputy Sheriff, found Mallory's abandoned vehicle. On December 13th, his body was found several miles away in a wooded area. He'd been shot several times, and two bullet, bullets to the left lung were declared the cause of death. Several times I read in another one, he was shot nine times. Hmm. That's a lot. That's a lot of anger. Okay? Now, here's the thing. She didn't want to, obviously, like go to jail, so she never went and got a rape kit. But once again, there was no evidence found 
that he'd raped her or molested her. We did sit in that movie, but once again, it was her story. And also, yeah, and nobody else he, used, he raped her with a foreign object, so they yeah. wouldn't have found any of his DNA. But they would have found it her DNA on an object laying there. She didn't pick up anything. Well, she don't pick up the thing. Not that we know of. We don't really know what she did. I'm just saying. She's got I mean, a history. Would, it have been she took the time to clean up herself and stuff, so that it's it's Why would she clean off the thing she got raped with? <laughs> yeah, why would she do why that? Why would she take it with her? Would she? I don't know. Why would she turn that man in? Because the whole situation was self defense. The first one. That's what I'm saying. She said that. How do we know if yeah, she never yeah, but she never came clean about it. I guess so uh what's his name? Charles? Richard Charles Mallory. Uh, Guess if he hadn't been out there trying to rape people, he'd been around to tell his side of the story. Okay. Well, so, well, fair enough. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk Allegedly. About that later. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> okay. Victim number two, David Andrew Spears, age 47. They don't know exactly when she killed him, but he was a construction worker from Winter Gardens, Florida, which is outside of Orlando. Hmm. So we're talking about a guy in Clearwater, which is down there, Tampa. Yeah. Right? Gotcha. Orlando's in the middle of the state. Uh, he was declared missing as of May 19th, 1990. So you're talking less than a year later. On June 1st, his naked body was found along U.S. Route 19 by Citrus County Sheriffs. He'd been shot six times by Not a nine. 22 pistol. Six times. It doesn't tell, once again, she never says why she shot that guy. Now, he was the guy that it showed being her second victim there. But it didn't show like he was going to do rough stuff. It yeah. was like, and at that point, it was kind of rough. They like, made it seem like it was just like a PTSD thing. Exactly. And she's almost like, at this point in the movie, making excuses, trying to get this going. Yeah. Right. You can start telling that she's kind of enjoying it. It's like some kind of. I don't know if it's enjoy. Justice. Is it enjoyment? You guys think she enjoyed it? Yeah. I, well, I think it, just, I think she started to at this point, like. Maybe not this one. I because think you were starting was, to enjoy it. Is what it was. <laughs> no, this one was PTSD, but then she like, it almost seemed like she was making an excuse to why she needed to kill this person. Yeah, she was looking for an excuse. But that's what I'm saying is it is like from her traumatized past, really, that's made her hate men? Or is it she just at this point is a psychopath and she always was kind of a psychopath because of the trauma? Or maybe she was born a psychopath and the trauma pushed her over the edge. But now she's looking for that excuse to make it okay. I'll tell you what. I I want to hear, Trent, what's the cat's opinion? <laughs> what's the cat think? Meow, meow, meow. Meow. He's got, he's got, he's got to go in the bathroom. All closed. <laughs> he's, he's got nothing. You got nothing to say? Yeah. He's, he's got nothing. So, Ian, what you're saying is you, you enjoyed... Watching her slaughter these people. I didn't hate it. Because <laughs> you were also a psychopath. No, but Darren, what you're saying is, at first, so do you, I heard what Ian said, but did you agree like the first one was kind of justified? Or do you think it's kind of like, I don't know. It would be if we I'll, I'll talk evidence. about it when we go to the trial. We'll talk about the trial. Okay. But I, at this point, if you just watch the movie, there's a lot of pathos for her. In the movie. Now, we're going to talk about definitely the set it up in, in her favor in the movie. And yeah. reality. What's the film? What's the reality? I'm now, telling you, it? though, without getting too much into the trial, I've heard it, and I still feel... I 
sympathize for this woman. <laughs> Why are you looking know. at me? <laughs> All right. Okay, so next victim, Charles Edmund Carskaden. Carskaden? C-A-R-S-K-A-D-D-O-N. Carskaden? Carskaden. Age 40. So these are all like 40s, middle age. Okay. May 30th or 31st, 1990. So we're talking less than two weeks later. Less after than that. two weeks after that. Gotcha. Uh, part-time uh, rodeo worker. On June, excuse me. He's a rodeo worker. What? I don't, he works in rodeos. Clown. He follows rodeos around. And why are you dancing like that? It's my best rodeo. He opens clown. the gate from the bull pen. <laughs> he does. He does something. You mess with the bull, you get the horns. Maybe he feeds them. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what he said on his second day of work? What's that? This ain't my first rodeo. Oh. <laughs> Get out of your own house. <laughs> Leave the cat. <laughs> you know what we say? This is episode eight. This ain't his first this rodeo. This ain't my first rodeo. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was so funny. It's because it's ridiculous. I think it's the way you were looking at me. It was, a, it was, it was a horrible, horrible it was. dad joke, but it was I hilarious. think it was the cat. <laughs> it's the second day. Well, this is not my first rodeo. <laughs> oh, Trent. Okay. Oh, God. So June 6th, they find his body. That's my birthday, people, in case you know, the whore you know. Just send it right there. <laughs> your birthday wishes. I'm here. It is your birthday? It really is. It's How December. You? You're already asking for birthday wishes. Hey, right, man, I got to give people a heads up. How old am I? Yeah. I'll be... Yeah. <laughs> I'll be 37 in 2022. Oh, my God. This will really be like... In February, <laughs> he's like, birthday wishes. Yep. That's what I'm saying, man. My like, birthday is January 2nd next week. He's already oh, talking actually, this about weekend. his birthday. Are you Capricorn? Mm-hmm. I'm a Capricorn, baby. <laughs> I thought you were going to have the cat give him <laughs> my gnawed hand. We just, <laughs> you. We just did the, uh, the Wonder Twins activate. <laughs> Make like hell of shit. <laughs> okay. The body had been wrapped in an electric blanket and was badly decomposed at the time they found this guy. Uh, so, right there shows you that he is not, she, she is not like, this is not like a thrill kill, but at the same time, because she's not planning them. She's a serial killer at this point, right? But she's not a, she's not a, it's not a thrill kill to me because like when she's killing them, She's not planning, how am I going to do this? She's just like, I'm going to pull a gun yeah, This out. is the she third shoots, one, right? She shoots the thrill. Praise oh my kill. gosh! Praise the kill. Not! <laughs> why is that cat <laughs> only attacking I you? I was like, why did you just hit me in my knee, though? Why well, recommended you wear like a cup or a, some sort of protection? Some, when you're in my like chain so mail? <laughs> I don't even know where to go from She's uh, channeling the spirit of Eileen. <laughs> we need... <laughs> We need we need to pause. All right, pause right here. It's funny because the cat came over, softly like licked my finger, nuzzled up to it, then came over and rubbed your balls. <laughs> it's like ruining my pants. <laughs> Why did Why you, you, what did you do to that cat? I'm just doing this. I was on the air. <laughs> what the fuck? 
She's like, wow, that tastes pretty good. Goes over Darren. I, just, all this, right? <laughs> I just see him jump and slap one knee. The cat's like all swift like and maneuvering, and I don't even know it's there. His reaction to eating his balls bit is just to slap <laughs> the face. Slap the person to my head. <laughs> my balls. And then his reaction is to kick me, and it's just like a chain reaction. <laughs> all, because, all because the cat licked my finger. That cat is a menace. He's a menace. <laughs> okay, so Charles Edmund. Cars Caden, once again, he was wrapped in an electric blanket, shot with a 22, same 22 caliber. Uh, which, by the way, that gun was not a 22 in the movie. <laughs> Did you notice that? No, it was not. It, it was, was a 22 in all these. Yeah, it was way but too it was, big. It was like a, it was a cross between a 38 special and a 357. Yeah. I mean, it was more At like least 357. A 357. It was yeah. I was going to say, it definitely favored the 357. I think it was yeah. huge. Yeah. So she wrapped it in an electric blanket and it was badly decomposing when it, when they found it. Witnesses saw Warnos in possession of his car and she had also pawned a gun identified as belonging to him. Now, we don't know for sure if she uh, he pulled a gun on her or not. She doesn't say that in trial, but she did take a gun from his car. Uh, Peter Abram seems... Age 65, date unknown. Retired merchant seaman. <laughs> seaman. Oh, of course. In June 1990, he left Jupiter, Florida for Arkansas. On July 4th, 1990, his car was found in Orange Springs, Florida. Moore and Warnos were seen abandoning, abandoning the car, and Warnos's palm print was found on the interior door handle. His body was never found. Now, this is the second person... Or second second thing that they found with Morris possibly helping with crime, right? Okay. We're gonna bring this up later. Because what do you what do you think? Just off the bat, do you think Morris was involved in any of this shit? <laughs> the girl? Absolutely. I think absolutely she knew everything about it. It sounds like it. She swears up and down she didn't. And Eileen says she didn't. Kinda went down with the ship. Mm-hmm. Captain, oh captain! Yeah. <laughs> she either knew about it, or she was being willfully just blind to the whole situation. I mean, she literally goes and pawns a car, and pawns jewelry, and pawns a gun, and just like Kermit the Frog. None of my business. Yeah. <laughs> so, Troy Eugene Burris, age fifty, date unknown, sausage salesman. <laughs> Excuse me. Wait, what? He's a what? He's a sausage. Salesman. Oh. Sausage. Salesman. Yeah, like the sausage? sausage you just had in your mouth, Ian? Oh, yeah. That wasn't sausage. That was that was a Slim Jim. <laughs> he slim, had a name, Slim Ian. John. Old Skinny James. Old Skinny James. Skinny James. So he was from Ocala, Florida. On July 31st, 1990, he was reported missing. On August 4th, 1990, they found his body. So five days later, he's found in a wooded area along State Road 19 in Marion County. He'd only been shot twice. So he was probably the guy that they showed that was the old man. I don't know for sure. Because they kind of did those. The really nice old man yeah. that tried to help her out? Yeah. That didn't want anything. Oh, that was terrible. She felt bad for killing him. Uh, it doesn't really say. I, I'll have to look that up. Next one was Charles Richard Dick, mm -hmm. known as Dick mm. Humphreys, age 56. Dick Humphreys. Yeah, let's talk about Charles. September 11th, 
Why can't they call him Chuck? Not a call him Dick. <laughs> I never want to be called Dick in my life. <laughs> Just call me Chuck. Unless Whatever, heads. Dick. <laughs> so he was a he was a retired U.S. Air Force major and a former state child abuse investigator. Now, once again, this is kind of sad because wouldn't that be cool if he would have investigated her child abuse when she was young and just kept yeah, this from happening? If he would have, and if he would have done something about it, maybe this wouldn't have happened to him later on in life. I know. I mean, that's ser- not her fault. That's reverse <laughs> reverse serendipity right there. Not her fault. Well, you know, maybe just a little bit. <laughs> not her fault. <laughs> She might have a He's killing me, man. I can't wait till we get to trial. So he was almost he was also a former chief of police. So this was the guy that had the badge yep. at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, on September 12th, his body was found in Marion County. He was fully clothed and had been shot six times in the head and torso. His car was found in Sewanee County. Uh now I'm sorry, but this former chief of police should have been smart enough not to be going out in the middle of the woods with some hooker. True. And she even said something about his gun. She didn't. That's the reason he went to the woods because yeah. she felt unsafe with his gun there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Aren't you gonna get undressed?" And she's all like, "Oh, you first. Fuck that." He's all like, <laughs> <Yeah>. "Okay." <laughs> How'd that happen? Gotta <laughs> <laughs> say that one more time. Okay. Oh my god. So the last guy was Walter Gino Antonio, age sixty-two, date unknown, trucker, security guard, and reserve police officer. Once again, so these cops. Didn't know when to say when with these hookers. Right. And even and then, in the movie, you remember the cop that got the blowjob we for the... Yeah, and then in their defense, I guess, like, to their credit, they hadn't, like, really heard of a female serial killer going on, so they wouldn't have True. suspected it. True. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what else to say there. Uh, they found his nearly naked body near a remote logging road in Dixie County. He'd been shot four times. Five days later, his car was found in Brevard County. Brevard County. All right, so apprehension. Here we go. July 4th, 1990, Warnos and Moore abandoned victim Peter Seam's car after they were involved in an accident. So this is the scene in the movie where Moore has the accident and they get out and the people see him in their yard and everything. And through the three movies I've seen about Eileen Warnos's life, they kind of play out slightly different. One was where she was driving, and two is where Moore was driving. But they say in the trial that Warnos was driving. So, do you know the other two movies? Uh, one was a made-for-TV 1993 movie. So it was during 92, I think. It was during the trial. They made a movie about her life, which actually starred one of the chicks from that. 80s sitcom uh, Designing Women. Remember that show? One of the women in Designing Women was Eileen Warnos in this movie. Really? He's in that movie Mannequins too, I think. Isn't that right? Mannequins also? Or like Mannequin 2? Like Mannequins also. I don't know. And he's like, I know he's in that video, like nothing's going to stop us by the black dude. I'm not talking about the black dude. And Mannequin? I'm talking about a woman. I thought you were talking about the main guy. You're talking about the very flamboyant black man in Mannequin. Yep. <laughs> Why are we talking why about Why are we talking about this guy? <laughs> I don't know. I'm talking about a girl from Designing Women played Eileen Warnos in this Yeah, the guy in Mannequin. Yep. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> a black guy in Mannequin? 
<laughs> what are you drinking over there? I, don't know. I heard designing women. I just automatically went there. <laughs> oh my god! Not designing as in like a fucking mannequin, like <laughs> designer women. No, he was in that show. That was why I brought it up. He was. He was like their interior decorator or something. Yeah, right? something like that. Oh, of course he was. <laughs> Race, racist eighties sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, the witnesses who had seen the women driving the victim's car provided police with their names and descriptions, resulting in media campaign to locate them. Police also found some of the victim's belongings in pawn shops and retrieved fingerprints matching those found in the victim's car. Warnos had a criminal record in Florida, and her fingerprints were already on file. So, she's not the master criminal at all. She's not even trying to hide any of this stuff. Mm-mm. So on January 9th, 1991, she was arrested on an outstanding warrant at the Last Resort, a biker bar in Volusia County, which is still there. You could actually go see that bar, I think. I think I've heard it. Maybe I've heard from this story, but... So uh, the next day in Scranton, Pennsylvania, they located more. She goes, Scranton. I was thinking of Dick's Last Resort. Was you? Yeah. You're just thinking of Dick. Probably. You had Dick on your mind. Did you hear that outside? Did yeah. you hear that? Is it a large dick out there? <laughs> Sounds like a car door. <laughs> Could be over here, maybe. She agreed to an illicit confession from Warnos in exchange for immunity from prosecution. Moore returned with the police to Florida, where she was put up in a motel. Under police guidance, she made numerous telephone calls to Warnos, pleading for help and clearing her name. Three days later, on January 16th, Warnos confessed to the murders. She claimed the men had tried to rape her, and she killed them in self-defense. It was Jean Smart, by the way. That was her name. Jean Smart was in Designing Women and played in that documentary you were talking about. The The, made-for-TV movie? Yeah, which was called Overkill, the Eileen Warnos story. Overkill. I I do remember watching it. There was a little bit of that going on. I was in college when that movie came out. Overkill? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, they went to trial for the murder of Richard Charles Mallory, the first guy she killed. Ironically, out of all the people she killed, they go to trial for the first one, which was the rapist, on January 14th. And that's important to me. Now, I'll tell you why here in a second. Although previous convictions are normally inadmissible in criminal trials under Florida's Williams Rule, they have a, a... thing called the Williams Rule, the prosecution was allowed to introduce evidence related to other crimes to show a pattern of illegal activity. Now, I think that's bullshit. If you're not, because you're not trying anybody for a crime they were ever convicted of, it's just rumor. Mm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And also, that builds up something that, and I know they're trying to show a pattern, but that builds up something in in the people's minds of stuff that is not directly related to this one crime they're trying to convict her of. True. Yeah. To me, in any other state besides trash Florida, sorry, people that are in Florida, <laughs> listen to us. Are you a Miami Dolphins fan? <laughs> it's still trash. I mean, look at look at the team. They're seven and seven, and we're cheering. <laughs> but anyway. Well, we're from Indiana. We're used to that. Mm. Hey, you got a Super Bowl in the last millennium. True. It's true. <laughs> So, yeah, so my point is, like, why are they bringing stuff up and allowed to bring stuff up? I feel like the defense attorney is doing a pretty shitty job of allowing this stuff in. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. So they introduced that to show her pattern of legal activity. On January 27th, Warnos was convicted of Mallory's murder with help from Moore's testimony. 
At her sentencing, psychiatrist for the defense testified that Warnos was mentally unstable and diagnosed her with borderline personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder. Four days later, she was sentenced to death. Mm. Now, the reason she was sentenced to death is because of, I think it had to do with, like, she was committing aggravated assault and other crimes along with that crime, and that allowed them to go for the death penalty on just one murder. Because they weren't, con- once again, they're not convicting her of the other six murders at all. Just as one dude. The very first one. Exactly. Okay. So the defense made efforts during the trial to introduce evidence of Mallory's prior charge of intent to commit rape in Maryland and his commitment to a maximum security correctional facility providing remediation to sexual offenders. Records obtained from the correctional institution show that from 52 to 62, Mallory was committed for treatment and observation resulting from a criminal charge of assault with intent to commit rape. And it received eight years of treatment from the facility. In 1961, it was observed that Mr. Mallory that he possessed strong sociopathic trends. However, the judge refused to allow the records to be admitted in court as evidence and denied Warnos's request for a retrial. Now, they're going to let all of her past in, but they won't let the guy she killed past in, which was rape or attempted rape. Hmm. So that's, to me, that's very interesting. A judge had it out for him, man. He might as well have said, which... In the courtroom. Well, I don't... Which? We'll keep going, but, like, I've got some opinions on it. Like, I, I think everybody around her had it out for her. Because, A, if you look at any other, like, things on her, documentaries, things on the internet still, a lot of people call her the first female serial killer. Mm-hmm. Which she was absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I, I question if she was really even that much of a serial killer. Maybe the highest profile. I mean, by definition, she's a serial killer. But at the same time, she's killing these people like in her mind as self-defense for something she's doing, something she thinks they're doing. Right. So I'm kind of jumping on board with you for a second here. Who would be the first? Maybe Lizzie Bourdain. Well, no, she was a she would be called a. uh, Axe murderer. No, they call those thrill killers. Right, where they kill a bunch of people at one time. There was a woman, or not thrill killers. It's got another name. A little Italian woman that, uh, like, in the sixties, mass murder, and um, she owned like property, like buildings and stuff, and she ended up killing a bunch of tenants. Do you know what story I'm talking about? Do you You're talking about the story? lady that killed like a bunch of the slaves and whatnot? No, I said the sixties, not the eighteen sixties. Talking about. Not- <laughs> I don't remember the year. Well, um, I thought you were talking about this lady that she would not only kill like a bunch of slaves, but she would kill like travelers. She would stop by her ranch for help and stuff. Well, okay. Yeah, I think I do know what you're talking about. So there's that story too. But what I was talking about is uh, if, if you guys want to uh, jump back into what you're saying, and I'm going to look her up real quick and, and, and let you know. Well, I was uh, saying that she's obviously the... by definition a serial killer because she killed more than three people in a span of months, right? Yeah. But it was almost like... It was almost like those spree killers. That's what she would be called as a spree killer. Because uh, she killed like a bunch of people like in one sitting. Almost, you know, like one mm-hmm. one small amount of time. And mass murderers would be people that just killed numerous people. Right. You know. Okay. But there still could be serial killers. So one of the women I was talking about was Leanne. 
Leonardo Sion's it's something Italian. I'm not gonna try to pronounce. It. He apologizes Vinny, for Vinny Beach. Your name. <laughs> uh, she's better alone. known as the soap maker of Corrigio. The soap maker. She was killing people and turning them into bars of soap. Oh shit! Yeah, it's like the Sweeney Todd story. Almost no shit. So that was yeah. That's where, that was that that's was where between, Axe came from. That was between 1939 and 1940. <laughs> there was somebody else too, um, but she's uh, she's one of them that kind of kind of sticks out to me. And reason being is because, well, obviously that fucked up story. And well, then soap smells really good. Yeah, it's your father. <laughs> oh God. Here's here's what she looked like. Mm. She's a pug ugly. Hey say. girl, how you doing? Whew. She's doing terrible. <laughs> Look at her. She's, She's rough very clean though. It's very very clean. She's very clean. And she was uh, making tea cakes out of them too. Well, I mean, I think there were multiple serial killers before Eileen Warnos. Uh, yes, yeah, that's they, that's what I was. That was my point. But too. my my well, point are these to other the women thing. from America though? Because my, the description I've seen ever says America's first female serial killer. I doubt if she was even that. No, to be honest, th- that's what I'm saying. Like one of these that I was talking about was I think was she's, killing people in America. I think she's publicized as that though. That's my point. Before she even went to trial. She, in my opinion, could have never gotten a fair trial in Florida for that killing, mm-hmm. right? And we see later on, in my opinion, once again, she did not get a fair trial because they they allowed all her stuff to be in. They didn't allow that guy's to be in. And I, th- I, I really think she would have been acquitted for sure if they showed that that guy had possibly raped stuff and then no. not allowed... Raped people and then not allowed her. She did go back and forth a little bit on her story in, in court, but I also still feel like the judge didn't like take anything seriously what she was saying. Yeah, for sure. So she pleaded no contest to the murders of Charles Richard Humphreys, Troy Burris, David Spears, saying she wanted to get right with God. In her statement to the court, she said, in part, I wanted to confess to to you that Richard Mallory did violently rape me, as I've told you, but these others did not. They only began to start to. On May 15th, 1992, I mean, she, she even throws that in there, though. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of blaming them, kind of taking, finally taking responsibility, but then once again, kind of blaming them. Uh, on May 15th, 1992, she was given three more death sentences. In June 1992, they pleaded guilty. she pleaded guilty to the murder of Charles Edmonds Carskaden in November 1992, she received her fifth death sentence. In February 1993, she pleaded guilty to the murder of Walter Gino Antonio and was sentenced to death again. No charges were brought against her for the murder of Peter Abram Seams, as his body was never found. In all, she received six separate death sentences. Uh, she told several inconsistent stories about the killings. For example, she initially claimed that all six men in, or seven men had raped her. While she's working as a sex worker, but later recanted the claim of self-defense. Now, this is a contentious thing for people. She's a sex worker going out to have sex with these men for money and then says they raped her. And that was kind of what I was thinking, too, when I first heard of this story. I was like, I'm not saying yay or nay on this. I mean, obviously it's possible, but she's a sex worker. Yeah, yeah but and even with a sex worker, violent. like you can't be getting... Too rough with them if they don't want the, if they don't agree to that. Yeah, but seven in a row. Well, yeah, well, I've been seven bastards we in a row. But se- seven, <laughs> seven in a row bastards. that <laughs> seven in a row that can't give you testimony. 
at all. She clearly and she's the only one telling the story. Okay, let me she ask has a you history this. of violence. In the movie there was the one John who she was with and like he was like, Oh, I don't want it rough. I, I'm this is my first time ever doing this, so and she's like just, you know, just fuck it. Just let me out of the car or whatever. She jacks him off, doesn't she? The one that stutters. She does. Yeah. She jacks him off. He's like, all right. Because he throws his money up there on the dash. <laughs> yeah. But at first she's like, just, you know, just let me out of the car. And he throws his money up around the dash. She's like, I- I've got money. She's like, all right. Whatever. So she had a heart. Everybody has a heart. Tell <laughs> 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 so, you uh, how you breathe. The woman I was talking about, um, one of one of the other one I was talking about is Dorothea Puente, and that was in California, and she was murdering a bunch of her tenants. She was like uh, lethal injection, lethal injecting some of them, among other things, uh, and that was that was like from eighty to 89 or 80, 82 to like 89 or somewhere in the ballpark of that. 1982? Yeah. Now that I think too, there was like another lady I think it was, she was like a big mass murderer in Miami. There was some woman out west that ran a boarding house and was killing all these people in her boarding house. I remember reading about that. Are you that sure it's not Dorothea Puente? This was like in the 18 or 19, early 1900s. This okay. was a long time ago. But my, my point is, there's definitely other, you know, she was getting, yeah. all these people were getting, like, something from it. Now, later on, when, when they talk about, like, her, her psychology of this stuff, you know, she told these inconsistent stories, later recanted the claim of self-defense, citing robbery and a desire to leave no witnesses as a reason for murder. During an interview with Nick Broomfield, which is a filmmaker, when she thought the cameras were off, she told Brimfield that she did, in fact, commit the murders in self-defense, but that she could not stand being on death row, where she had been for 10 years at that point and just wanted to die. Uh, she was given a psych- psycho- psychopathy checklist, and she scored a 32 out of 40 as a psychopath. The checklist evaluates individuals on a 20-item list of antisocial and interpersonal behaviors, with each item being scored a 0, 1, or 2, with maximum score of 40, depending on location Anything above 25 to 30 is a consistent with a diagnosis of psychopathy. Trinity, what do you think you'd score out of 100? Or I'm sorry, out of 40? Mm. Probably 100. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably be around 20. You think you'd score a 20? 18. Out of- I think you're asking the wrong person. What would this man score? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't ask him because I already know. <laughs> He passed with blind colors. That's right. So, so I'm sorry to change the subject, but the lady I was talking about is Griselda Blanco. She was she was around during the cocaine cowboy era, and it said that she was involved in as many as forty to two hundred murders. God damn! The horror, you know. <laughs> yes. That's a pretty big gap when it comes to murder estimates. Anywhere between 40 and 200. Well, you know, because she had people <laughs> right. that, uh, I guess, maybe carry out shit for her that they never could actually pin on her. Uh, kind of like Eddie Nash. With yeah. his mm-hmm. thousands of skulls. That was last episode, Ian. So, <laughs> she was incarcerated in the Florida Department of Corrections, uh, later to the Florida State Prison for execution. Her appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court was denied in 1996. They, and it's hard to overturn that, but I could see where they could say, hey, 
she didn't get due process. She, I mean, she was read her Miranda rights, but like obviously nobody evaluated if she was crazy or not before she started talking. Right. And then also, they didn't look at anything that guy did. So I'd, I'd use that as a defense, but they never really did. Uh, in a 2001, or if they did, it didn't work. In a 2001 petition to the Supreme Court, she stated her intention to dismiss her legal counsel and terminate all pending appeals. I killed those men, robbed them as cold as ice, and I'd do it again, too. There's no chance in keeping me alive or anything because I'd kill again. I have hate crawling through my system. I'm so sick of hearing this she's crazy stuff. I've been evaluated so many times. I'm competent, sane, and I'm trying to tell the truth. I'm one who seriously hates human life and would kill again. So yeah, well, I don't believe. I, I think at that point she was just, just beaten down so much and she was just over it. Yeah. What? Her say something. Life, Beat man. She, the whole life, man. She was the one murdering. Did people. you miss this whole life story of this woman? That wasn't her whole life. It was enough. That was the first fifteen years of her life, bro. <laughs> bro. And then her her. <laughs> Alleged allegations of the sexual assaults. Not proven. The look on his face right now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Woo. So, in 2002, she began accusing prison matrons of tainting her food with dirt, saliva, and urine. She said she overheard conversations among prison personnel trying to get me pushed over the brink by them. I'd wind up committing suicide before the execution wishing to rape me before the execution. She complained of strip searches, tight handcuffing, door kicking. So I feel for, for her past, but at the same time, it's like, once again, how much of this shit is she making up? She, she tested up. positive for a psychopath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost like she witches. Well, never mind. <laughs> what were well, you I mean, going to say? Might, <laughs> we're going to say kind of a mental condition. Yeah, and maybe she shouldn't have been executed for that. Right. She should have been in an institution for the rest of her life. But at the same time, the question being is, in my mind, is is her past affecting her future? Yes. Did she have different forks in the road she could have taken? Yes, definitely. She was pretty forked up when she trained. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, let's go to her last uh, last thing she says, because I think that's interesting and pretty telling. She, she said some other stuff, you know, uh, she wanted to be taken away to meet God and Jesus and the angels and whatever is beyond the beyond. In her final interview, she once again charged that her mind was tortured and her head crushed by sonic pressure. So she goes from saying, I'm not crazy to acting crazy. Food poisoning is other abuse worsened, she said. And she turned to an interview and says, you sabotaged my ass. Society and the cops and the system. A raped woman got executed and we used for books and movies and shit. Her final on-camera words were, thanks a lot, society, for railroading my ass. And I kind of, that's where I feel bad for her. I kind of agree with her on Mm -hmm. that because here's here's a fact you guys might know or might not know. Three of the main cops, before she even went to trial, signed book deals. The main cop that... No, found her. That. The cop that interviewed her and read her Miranda rights, and another cop, like a, a main detective. Yeah. All were signing things. We just talked about that made for TV movie that came out during the trial, pretty much, or right after the trial. 
Like it was rushed in production. That cop that abused her was that real? Do we know that? I never saw that, but she did accuse different people in her life of doing stuff like that. So it might might have been true, or it might have been for the movie. I never read anything about it though. But yeah, I mean, there were people trying from the get-go to make money from her. There were people on the jury that were trying to sell their interviews. The the stupid bitch that she was with. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to flat out say it. Looked nothing like Christina Ricci. Mm. What was her name again? <laughs> In her life? Selby. Selby? Yeah. In the movie. In the movie. Or ty- Tyria? No. Diarrhea. Diarrhea? <laughs> She, she looked like shit. Diarrhea uh, mouth motherfucker. Wipe your she, mouth with toilet paper. She she turned on her really fast. And Eileen actually went out, you know, protecting her in real life, just like in the yeah, movie. Yeah, that was tragic, too. But that girl, like, moved away and never talked to her again. Yeah, like, right after that. Did all, like, these, did all these deals to try to sell Eileen her story and everything. She just, like, walks out and, like, oh, never sell talks out. to her again. And I definitely think, maybe. She's probably out there still alive. I hope she doesn't try to see this. Maybe she might have known all about some of those killings. She mm-hmm. might have. We so, don't know for sure. But, I mean, it kind of points to where she knew a lot about of a lot a lot of things. How can you not? After you know about the first one? Oh, yeah. where'd you get this other car from? You just borrowed it from one of your friends that you don't have? That I never <laughs> see? <laughs> so, here's what, here's what happened before her execution on October 9th, 2002. She declined her last meal. Which could have been anything under twenty dollars, cheap ass Florida. <laughs> really? You get anything said? you want for your last meal, like whatever you can dream under of. Under twenty dollars. Ooh, unfortunately, that came to twenty one ninety. Don't ever get convicted in Florida. Your shitty state bucks. sucks. You can't wow. even get Joe's crab shake. She opted for a ch- a cup of coffee instead. Her last words were, Ooh, this quote, coffee is 21 Ooh, yeah, after tax, that's not It was probably work. like inmate instant coffee, too. <laughs> yes, I would like to say I'm selling with The Rock, and I'll be back, like Independence Day with Jesus. What? Did she smell okay. what The Rock was Once cooking? again. No, The Rock, like, religious. <laughs> The Rock. Gotcha. Yeah. Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> not Johnson. not, not the, rock. We're We're the Rock. We're with you. We are following The Rock. We are. Yes, I would be like following, uh, selling with The Rock, and I'll be back like Independence Day. She referenced a movie. Yeah, Will she referenced Smith. a movie. I'd go out with that. Uh-huh. With Jesus. June 6th, like the movie. My birthday again, people. Big mothership and all. I'll be back. I'll be back. Uh, she did it again. She said it. Oh, she's killing the game. <laughs> That's a great last. Oh, death that's quote. a terrible way to put whole, that in. We ought to do a whole like little like Patreon thing on like final things for people die. Let's make fun good. of. That'd be awesome. I'll be back. I'll be back. She's like, hasta la vista. <laughs> so she had all these movies and books written about her. She's had all this stuff written about her. I just don't understand in this trial where she was charged with armed robbery with a firearm, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. They argued that she qualified for the death penalty based on the charge of murder committed in the course of a robbery. And that's what it was. They couldn't do the death penalty unless the murder was attached to something else that met that criteria. Because they weren't like trying to give her the death penalty for all these other crimes. They were just this one crime. So they were like, you know, armed robbery... Having a gun without, you know, while being a felon, and murder, and that's how they 
basically how they got her. You know, now, yeah. albeit, let, let's just put final thoughts out here for the true story. You felt bad for her, right, Ian Wells? I did, and I still do. You thought she got the shot. It's tragic every time I think about it. What should have happened to her? Just like life in prison? At least. she should. They should have attempted to give her some kind of hope. We see a lot of people for a lot worse get some kind of yeah. chance. But for, do you think it's for that mainly that one murder? Or do you think all of the seven murder or other six murders deserve death penalty? Because she got, how many did I say, five or six? Five death penalties? Six. Okay, so oh, that's hard to say, but I don't know. To me, it seems like the judge just was not interested in the fact that this woman had he's, killed people for this reason. Me. Like, uh, huh? You were footsie with me. That's Sorry. my bad. <laughs> the judge was probably sexist. Sexist. Yeah. So you're supposed. I care not what this woman has to say. <laughs> Witch, burn her at the stake. <laughs> Pretty much what he said. Which only only Wells was in that courtroom with her. Oh yeah, I could have been her Johnny Cochran. (laughs) I would have got her off. Her Johnny Cochran. Not like that either. (laughs) If it fits. So my God, for me, don't fit. Yeah, that's. Oh my God, what happened? What do you think? I don't know what to think at this point. Should we talk about the movie now? I think Wells is in love with this woman. I'm interested in what yeah. Trent thinks. He hasn't said anything during this I'm episode. I'm definitely like... There's a reason for I'm that. On the, <laughs> I'm on the fence about the whole thing because I do understand what you're, what you're saying. She had a tragic like childhood, obviously, and I'm not trying to take that from her, and that sucks. And yeah, that's going to fuck somebody up, but I'm just saying, like, I just don't think that gives you a, an excuse to take your frustration out on everybody and then be like, oh, they all tried to rape me. And if that happened, obviously that's terrible. And yeah, they probably got what's coming to them. I mean, if, if all that's true. But like Darren and I were saying, it's awful convenient that, that she's a sex worker and seven people in a row like went to rape her. Wells is stank eye in Torrance right now. I love it. Convenient for who, sir? For her, well, an excuse to murder people because she's she she's doing killed, that to survive. She's killed. Survive. So she says. I'm just saying she scored what 18 out of 20 as being a psycho. Or it was out of 40, wasn't it? It was like 28 Life's out not of 40. Easy for a hooker, man. 28 out of 40. They you would them, know, wouldn't they, you? What, is, what are you getting at? They put themselves in all kinds of situations with people they don't know. And they don't all become murderers, though. You don't know that. Yeah. I also, do know. It's not. It's also hard out here for a pimp. First. That's right. <laughs> What'd you say? I didn't hear. It's also hard out here for a pimp. Jesus. <laughs> That's a well-known fact. Uh, I'm like All I'm saying is... If it's true, then I understand. I'm just saying it's all speculation, right? There was no actual proof. Mm. It was just her saying this. Now, if she didn't score a high percentage on being like basically a psychopath, then I think I could justify this a little more and feel a little bit more bad for her. And like, like I said, man, I'm not trying to take anything away from this situation. Like the whole thing is is tragic in general, obviously. 
And if it's true, then yeah, obviously I, I, I feel for her and I, I agree with you. And I mean, she did what she had to do to survive, like you said, but mm-hmm. just, I'm just saying. <laughs> I hear you, buddy. <sighs> Trent, do you want to help me here? You guys, you guys summed it up pretty eloquently. I have nothing to add. <laughs> Way to go, Trent. Really? Way to cop out, Trent. <laughs> I don't know. I agree. I think I don't. You kill someone, you gotta <laughs> you gotta take the punishment that goes with that. I don't, nothing necessarily. Well, I'm saying the death penalty because I feel like that's like I just think that's a whole argument for. How come you can anyway, root for but... Michael Myers but you can't root for Eileen? You root this for Michael is reality, Myers, though. Do you root for Michael Myers? Do okay. I, don't you? Okay, so let's no. let's, let's take this. Uh, let's That's take this. That's actually one of the similar... questions on the psychopath test. <laughs> Look at those faces. <laughs> let's yeah. take this a similar direction, but like slightly different. Um, if you have people that get picked on a lot or get abused a lot, they do have the propensity to have violent futures. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, same could be said of even people that are abused in in the workplace or at school, and then come in and be, become a spree killer or shooter. Right. Yep. But they still have to pay for their crime, in my opinion. Even though we don't do a good enough job as a society in the cause, we we punish the effect. So we don't go back and say, well, those those people are, and I think maybe that's because we're Americans. We don't do that because America kind of tends to do that anyway with, with wars and everything else. We try to punish countries that don't fall in line with what we want them to do as opposed to saying, hey, we've kind of caused this situation, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I'm saying is like even the Columbine massacre, which we have a, a movie on that we might do later on, but... I don't empathize with those kids, but I also see their perspective in some of the writings later on of how pissed off they were at society and in particular some of those kids for picking yeah. on them. Now, did it really happen? I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm, we're just taking their word for it and some other people's words that they were loners and that some people picked on them and blah, blah, blah. But the problem I always want to go to is like, how can we learn from this and then prevent future acts of violence happening because of what we learned? And what did we learn with Eileen? She had different ways where if people would have recognized her psychoticness, Mm -hmm. you know, earlier on, they could have prevented all of this. But, and if she could have recognized it or somebody around her, like a loving family member or a friend, we never saw one of those in her situation. Even her, lesbian lover ended up her, her, I mean, they were together for what, six years. She should have recognized all this, this oh, anger and did. violence and stuff. But she I, was on some the, the problem is I almost think she was in on it. Cause she got arrested or in trouble too at these yeah. bars. I almost feel like she was probably as violent. Damn right. And let's, have you seen the pictures of this girl? Mm. Let's just look them up while you guys are Take ruminating over that. Yeah. Beat. But anyway, yeah. So let's go with the uh, let's talk. Let's talk really briefly about the movie because we're getting way over time. Uh, the the movie had a lot to do with uh, 
the story, but to me, it went way overboard on catering to the Ian Wellses of the world. Now, see, <laughs> the psychopath. No, like in the like, movie, she said, empathy. Like she admitted she created She's like, I know her. I fucked up. She knew she fucked up. And yeah, even if she had reasons to do what she did, which I believe, like, you know, she did, life just beat her the fuck down until she snapped. But she should have been given a chance at rehabilitation. We got women out here these days killing people for insurance money and only getting like five to or 15, 20 years and getting released early for yeah. good behavior and shit. And that's. They could at least gave her a chance. That's part of what I was saying, though. I think she had the card stacked against her before the trial started because I think the media coverage, her being the quote, first serial killer, and all the bullshit around it with everybody trying to make a book deal and a movie deal. And already, I mean, they're already trying to give. You know, they already bought rights to the story before the trial mm-hmm. and had that movie in production, the Overkill yeah, that movie. That movie came out in like 91. Yeah. That's so quick. Dude. Yeah. So here's what she looks like, fellas. Let's just take a gander. Does that look like Christina Ricci? <laughs> oh, God. Sweet Lord. That's like my uncle. <laughs> Ooh, oh, shit. <laughs> Just kidding. Here's another one. That's a good one. God. Put it away. That's not better. So, I just want to say, Tyria Moore, wherever you are, you give her a chance. (laughs) Wherever you are, Tyria Moore, you definitely got a glow up from whoever made Monster there, buddy. (laughs) You definitely. And then again, poor, poor Eileen is just like. I have to look like that? Yeah. And Christina Ricci can come in and play this? I don't understand. Like, why did they... Raw deal. Like, honestly, Eileen, and this is during her trial, is not... She's not great looking. She's not... Mm -mm. She's not Tyria, though. Yeah. She looks like like a woman. Tyria can't say that. (laughs) What happened Tyria looked at a woman. Real life, Eileen actually looks way better than she did in the movie. Yeah. I'll show you this younger picture of her when she was with that guy. The yachtsman. The yachtsman. The yachtsman. (laughs) Some messed up teeth, but not bad. I love you. I can see like an early (laughs) 80s, not bad looking girl. Look at it. She's not great, but. No, but yeah. Like this mean. is this is her when she was arrested. That's a lot different looking mm-hmm. than that, right? Right. That's a. Is it coming from my stomach? <laughs> she's kind of beautiful right there. It's not like flat of the bubble piece over there. <laughs> Did you just say she's kind of beautiful right there in that picture? <laughs> Any ladies out there wanting to date some in here? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I work at the courthouse and I see the women in town get arrested. She is <laughs> she is much better looking than ninety nine percent of the people that Facts. in this town. Why did the bubble be? <laughs> we apologize to so our why, local listeners. That makes me wonder though, why, why did this was directed by a female? They pump our great. podcast into the jail <laughs> just as punishment. They get stuff. Listen to this. <laughs> this was a, this is directed by a lady. Oh, uh, Patty Jenkins. Name. Patty Jenkins. Wonder Woman. Yes, that was. Uh, Currently, blew my mind. So it's our current theme. So why? Uh, what is going on? Hey, what's happening here? So why? Uh, why did she make the choice of making Eileen look like that, making Charlize Theron look like that, and then 
Through the, I mean, for the same reason I'm not she, saying Christina Ricci was the best looking she's been. She definitely I can understand. Right. She's, she's looked better in that I movie. Can understand, she's definitely a huge upgrade. I can understand dressing her down a little because obviously Charlize is a very beautiful woman. Yeah, you, don't you want have that to. to detract from. And she kind of looked stuff. like her when she was arrested. She looked like that a little bit. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Christina Ricci's character looked like a cute little boy or something. Like it had that little boy haircut. She was cute in the face. Yeah. Oh boy. But nothing like the real person. Why didn't no, they make Christina Ricci? So I'm thinking, you know, there's very few things in a film that are actually like by chance. Everything's well thought out usually. <clears throat> Christina Ricci, they're like, oh, we just cut your hair short. It'd be yeah. good enough. So why didn't they make her look ugly and be like, hey, this is what... It's they because people the empathy. To... Patty Jenkins made that decision for the same reason that she thought it was a good idea to put out Wonder Woman 84. Maybe it wasn't her decision. Terrible movie, in case you haven't seen it. I've seen it. Not to, sound, it not to sound... Not to sound... Really? It wasn't terrible. Not to sound whatever, but I could see this being like a studio call, even being like, hey, we don't want two ugly chicks in this movie. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't mean to sound like... But this was supposed like to be an Academy Award winner, so literally, like, I think they could have done that. But what I'm saying is, the story, if you watch this movie, it's a love story. Yeah. It's not a story about murder. <laughs> At all, they didn't really show the murders graphically. They showed well, you the just, rape graphically. You just, you just took my point even further then, because yeah. if it's a love story, then they're, and they're, it's a movie. They're gonna have to have attractive people to be in a love story. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's just Hollywood. You have they to want have, you. They mm-hmm. want you to have sympathy for her, and I definitely they, think the movie was tailored to the sympathy side. Right? Would you agree that that movie is? It didn't or, just show facts. Patty Ooh. Jenkins just felt the same way that I do. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the same thing. Yeah, that's it's true. her putting putting forth her opinion as opposed to reality. Yeah. Which Ian's right and Ian's right. I think she had a shitty childhood, and maybe they could have helped her out. Mm-hmm. But she also killed a bunch of freaking people and really wasn't sympathetic about it and was crazy. She was psychotic. Yeah, I, and like I, I said, so. yes, she needed to pay for that, but I don't think she needed to die for it. I mean, she's gonna come back on Hellbop's comment. You know, on Independence Day with G- JC. That's right. The Rock will bring her back. <laughs> That's right. If you smell it. Okay, anything so, else to say about um, the movie or the story? I just wanted to say, like, my introduced, uh, my introduction to Eileen Ar- was actually through Criminal Minds because in the opening they show a bunch of uh, mugshots of serial killers. And she's like the only woman on there. And her mugshot is, I'm sure you've seen it. Yeah. It's pretty crazy looking. Yeah. So it always stood out to me on the show. So I wanted to like look into it and see who this lady was they keep showing on this show. Is that one where she looks like she's choking herself with her handcuffs? You've seen that picture? Yeah. It's like she's Mm -hmm. done this. And she's actually just done this with her hair. Yeah. But it looks like she's choking herself. And this one, her eyes are just like really big, like golf balls, like my eyes get sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He could have thyroid disease and we're making fun of him. I wanted to look into it. So I did, I just. Did a bunch of research on her, and I started learning more about her, and I've just been fascinated with her story ever since. And then love so that was my introduction to her. That's because you're a serial you, killer. You, you, you actually remember everything going on, like, probably? What? Do you remember everything going on, probably? With what? <laughs> All this. Answer him. <laughs> the the story that we just told? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we just told the story. What do you Oh, my God. I mean, like, in real time, man, like, when it was actually happening. 
When I was in in, in the nineties, yeah, okay, eighties and nineties. Now here's the thing. Oh. Here's the thing about us, like being <laughs> from the Midwest, we don't see a lot of serial killer stories from the Midwest. So when they're going on, I remember when they get caught, and I remember when they when they put them on trial. I don't remember, and I remember the trial. I remember when Ted Bundy got electrocuted in the chair in Florida in the late eighties as well, because I remember a local radio station called the Fox 100.5 at the time. I remember that. The Fox rocks used to play rock and roll. I don't know what the hell happened to them, but anyway, I don't either. They used to play rock and roll. And I remember they, uh, they played like, like during the time that they were going to kill him, like another one bites the dust and stuff like that. And it was like controversial. (laughs) Damn. And then they like, like played this bacon, bacon sizzling, like, Soundbite and all kinds of shit. So I could see yeah, why they're not good box anymore. Yeah, yeah, but they ran up all the way into like two thousands. They foxed it yeah. up. It was it was crazy. So yeah, I remember it in real time. I guess is what you were saying. We were all trying to figure out what he was saying, but I understand what you're saying now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. He, I, I, don't I know am why he once again the oldest guy here. So I, don't, I, I just didn't know stuff. why he didn't word it something like he's almost thirty seven. Hey, so. do you remember when it when it was 49. first happening? Isn't that pretty much what I said? No. What did I say? You said, do you remember? And he was like, what? You're like, do you remember everything that's going on? Do you on? remember everything that's going on? <laughs> that's the way you what? ordered it. <laughs> do you remember everything that's going on? Is what you said. I think that's why we were confused. But if you had said, do you remember this? Um, when you're when it was going on, do you like... Back in the day. Like, was it, was it really talked about or anything? Hey, he got the answer he was looking for. He did. He did. It's, 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 it's important that we get. We mean finally. <laughs> piss poor question. After everybody was looking at you like you were crazy, <laughs> sir. The only piss poor question is one you already know the answer to. Yeah, that's called a rhetorical question. Yeah, There's actually a language for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Ter- I don't know where you're staring at me. I don't know what to you're wrap it up. Uh, going from last week to this week, we went from a big dick. With no balls to no balls, but she had a big dick. Oh, God. No, she had big balls. No dick. That's what... I said that wrong. Okay. I'll edit this out. What is this? (laughs) We went from a big dick with no balls... Where's our sound? To big balls and dick dick. with no balls. (laughs) Where's our Price is Right sound I'm keeping this all in. I just ruined that joke in my head. Anyway, yeah. That noise. She, uh... And plus, too, I think the movie is way better. Like, I think Monster, if you watch that movie, it's simple. It creates empathy for the Ian over here. Mm-hmm. And Explain the title real quick. You didn't oh, Monster. The reason it says halfway through the film, Monster was a, a Ferris wheel that she saw from a 4-H fair when she was little. Mm-hmm. And she was so excited about seeing it. It was about the coolest thing she'd seen in her life up to that point when she was little. And she got so excited to ride it. And before she wrote it, she got sick because she was so excited and scared at the same time. Puked all over herself, right? And she explains to her girlfriend that that was really cool, but she can't handle normal stuff sometimes the way she can handle abnormal stuff. And it doesn't say it exactly that way, but that's the point she was making. And it kind of alluded to she can handle killing people and tricking. She didn't give a shit about it. But she can't handle normal everyday life, mm. which makes her a killer, or a monster, or, or a monster. 
double entendre. A damaged person. <laughs> that we need to try to understand. Yeah. But I mean, damaged people are sometimes killers. I mean, Ed Gein was damaged. Take her lesson little and Eddie make Gein. it your plight and Gein go out and fix damaged. all the broken little girls, Ian. <laughs> sick bastard. <laughs> <laughs> They have to be over at least 17, 18. That's when they start their being damaged. They're descent into madness. What kind of help are you thinking of? I'll send them to Dr. Phil. How about that? Who's the sick one here, monster? (laughs) You. I said to help these little girls. How about that? I don't know how you intend to help them, but that's between you and God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Don't you mean The Rock? The Rock. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) One and the same. Don't forget about Will Smith. What is this podcast right now? (laughs) Off the rails. That's what it is. As as is every week. All right. Woo. Well, we're going to end there. Um, make sure you guys follow us on all socials and kind of uh, maybe talk to us every now and then because we haven't really heard too much response yet. Mm-hmm. A lot of thumbs up, a lot of likes, some follows. Which we do listens. appreciate. We do appreciate all that. But start uh, emailing us questions, anything like that. Hopefully we'll have a Patreon someday. Suggest a, a topic. There you go. That would be cool. It's gotta be we a won't true do story. it. No, I'm just kidding. We'll we'll do it. Of course, we'll do it. We have uh we definitely have merch stores up now. So buy some of our merch. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of cool stuff. With both of our original logos on there that uh, badass Trent Persinger right here designed. Um, so giving him the props on that. We'll probably have some more merch eventually up on the website. So check that out. And anything else, guys? Nope. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I'm Trent. I'm Dylan. <laughs> we will see you next week. Stay spooky. <laughs>